My name is James Butler. I'm the writer of the play The Carpet Clown. I'm Steve Blount and I'm playing the role of Harold. I'm Katrina Ennis and I'm playing the role of Zoe. The story of The Carpet Clown is about a young girl, Zoe. She's in her leave and search year. She says, wouldn't it be great if we all had a clown to entertain us every day? So she kind of gets her wish and the clown suddenly lands in her room. And it's about then kind of a uh, battle between the two of them in a sense where she is to maybe see who's behind the mask or the face of Harold. And she's in her leave and search year and it's the dad has died after sometime in first year at a time when she needed a dad around. And now it's the anniversary of his death. It's this particular day. And there is a, a clown painting that she would have done of him. But the problem for her is she's forgotten all about, in a sense, her dad and finds it too painful to remember. And in particular, uh, one particular incident that, that happened where maybe she saw an, an aspect or a part of her father that she didn't like to see. Harold essentially takes place in the mind of the girl, Zoe. And even though it's in an old semi-vaudeville, quick, rapid-fire, three-punch combination, landing jokes. As the journey goes on, that lovely little line of ambiguity has a payoff. And then along comes Harold, her imaginary friend, who's a clown. And she's allowed to play with them and to find her way and to find who she is. And I suppose to, I was thinking today, to say the words, I miss you, Dad. And I think she's been struggling to say it for the past four years because the minute you say it, it's real. Well, my background is <clears throat> primary school teacher. A lot of years teaching, 30 years teaching primary school. But I, during that time, I've been writing. I did a play for Barnstorm back in 2005, I think it was, just uh, Stuck in the Mud. Stuck in the Mud was a play for children, uh, for, say, 7 to 12-year-olds. Again, and it has some similarities to this play because it was about a young a, a young boy at that stage who was kind of stuck in his bedroom. As, mm. Yeah, And again, there was a, seems to be a thing, motif in mind about the father, whether it's a missing father or whatever. It's very strong in stuff that I write. Like in this play with Zoe, she needs to re-remember something of the father as well, that, uh, the positive thing as well as the negative, but she needs to integrate both so she can she can move on. So I went to College of Marketing and Design in Parnell Square. Now this was in the last century <laughs> when it was up by the Garden of Remembrance and we were in an old building where it was actually falling apart, like the roof came in, different things, and an archaic little spot. But as it always is, was inhabited by really good people. And uh, I remember going down the return of the stairs one time and I saw this hand-painted sign for Drama Sock and it was kind of a punky-looking thing and I thought, oh, there's got to be mad heads down in that. <laughs> but um, I thought there'd be girls down there, basically. <laughs> so anyway, pop down. Yeah, no, there was auditions. We were all given a bit of a script to read and uh, I could do a funny Liverpool accent. And before I knew it, I was cast in this play called Trevor that I found out, much to my joy, was going to Belfast for the ISTA Festival. Never been to Belfast. So uh, we went up there and stayed there the same year that Van Morrison was recording live at the Grand Opera House, Belfast. And that was me, kind of then, in college, fluting around, going, oh, this is great fun. And that's where I learnt most of the crack. My journey into theatre began 
in a little school called Dublin Academy of Dramatic Arts, so Dada. When I was about 11, I thought I was going on uh, down to the Swan Centre in Mines with my mum and dad to do some shopping. And we stopped outside of school and I was a little bit quiet at the time. My dad said to me, oh, we'll just go in here for a minute. And I was like, oh, OK. And suddenly I was in a room with a lot of, of kids and a lovely drama teacher. And I never looked back. I guess I, I, I found my feet there. My teacher was Hilary Cahill. And um, I got into UCD and then I got into Drama Sock and I spent four wonderful years in a basement making plays, directing plays, painting, wallpapering, singing, dancing, everything, you name it. I was lucky enough to run the Drama Society for a year and then I went on to do my Master's in Theatre Performance where I started to study a company called Anu. Productions, and I met Louise Lowe, and um, I was running ISDA at the time, which is Irish Student Drama Association, and it's a little festival and awards. And Louise was actually judging one of them, so I got to talking to her, and I said, "Look, I'd love to come in and look at your work and learn from it." And one thing led to another, and I got my first big role in the Boys of Foley Street. Two years ago, I got just retired from teaching a little bit early for good behaviour. So I want to give more time to the writing. And I do a bit of work with uh, for the last five years or so with a drama group, Stage 51, they're over Knock Line. I work with them. You know, it's a teenage group. So that's been good. I write, kind of write a play for them every year. So that's kept me linked in with that whole desire to explore, I suppose, the teenage voice as well. I travelled abroad. And I went to the States and I went straight down to Texas thinking, I'm not going where everybody else goes. I'm going to go down to the Wild West. And uh, I did an audition for a play in the Alley Theatre in Texas. And I remember going in and everybody was going, la, 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 me, 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 and stretching and doing voice warm-ups. And I'd never seen the likes of it before in my life. And uh, I thought, oh, no, I'm way out of my league here. But I went in. Anyway, I got the part. Everything else kind of fell into place. One particular one that would be close to the heart would be Swing, which uh, it was a little collective, self, uh, Peter Daly, Janet Morn, Gam Costick had this idea, so Janet had this idea, this couple who meet at a swing class, and uh, it was set over five classes. It's about this couple who are at a crossroads in their lives, but we have this lovely little convention whereby if you ever go to a swing class, the teachers will say, and change partner. And so you move on one person, introduce yourself to another person, and you learn a few steps with that person until you change partners again. So we found this was a wonderful convention to change characters and introduce new characters and therefore introduce new information and move the plot along without exposition and by keeping it fun and making the audience keep up with you. It was a kind of high intense 60 minute piece and uh, oh yeah, we went all over Ireland and England and America and New Zealand and, and then two other actors took over and they brought it off to England again, Australia and it had. It was a great ship to put out and know that you were part of that building and there's voyages and maybe more voyages left in it. The Boys of Foley Street was um, a show set in and around the Foley Street area and I played a little one called Kathleen and it was a site-specific show so we were 
around the area. So my part of the show was in a little flat. It was about a family and their struggles in an area that was severely suffering from heroin. It was a dark story, but I've never laughed so much doing a show as I did in that space. And a lot of it is to do with the wonderful community that we were around. I was um, playing in a little 10 to 12-year-old. So I was in their school uniform running around with them and the little ones got wind of this, got wind of who I was, show, OK, we're going we're gonna to help you. So they got on board with um, tricking the audience. They used to say they'd see the car pulling up. They'd run over to me in their uniform, stand with me in the car. There'd be four of us standing all in this uniform, see the car door open, an audience go, oh, oh, I'm here for a play. No, no, you come on, you're coming to a party, you're coming to a party. And in you'd go. And they just didn't know who I was, what I was doing, how we were all in this uniform, who was part of the show, who wasn't part of the show. And then all of a sudden they're in this flat with all this chaos um, and sadness and, and, and deep deep love you know you're you're brought into the into the house as two and one went into um the bathroom with an actress Dee Burke and had to um witness an atrocious act that had happened to her and help her so they're sewing up her dress and then the the other audience comes comes with me into the sitting room where I have food prepared out on the table and you're told do you want your cup of tea <laughs> eat your beans on toast, everything's going great. I'm trying to keep the spirit up. And then my mum, who was played by Una Kavna, comes out and depending on what mood she was in, who knows what would happen. It was a great one to watch because from the moment they got out of the car to seeing so many kids running around all in this uniform to the minute they were in the house, they just didn't know what to expect. And I suppose the moments of, of love that I shared with complete another strangers I'll never forget I had a moment after every um, show where I'd hold hold the hand of the audience and walk them out and every single hand I held told a different story about that show um, Across the Lock that was Performance Corporation with Louise Lowe and uh, beautiful little piece Louise and Tom Swift had gone off and interviewed older people who had lived abroad, especially in England, and come back and were settled here now again, mostly in retirement homes. And uh, they talked about the 50s and the 60s and so on and so forth. So the lads cobbled this piece together about this boatman who would bring you across the lock in much the same way as the ferryman and Hades and all this. So it was set down in Castlebar and we had this big wooden boat and you could take four people at a time each of them had an old coin which they gave to you and uh, brought them on the boat and then out onto the lock and uh, the lock had loads of swans on it and for like a natural setting it was magnificent because often during the piece and you'd sing a song you'd tell a story and you'd tell about lost times in London during the 60s and here he is now and everybody's looking at this figure trying to work out who he is but during this more often than not 10 or 12 swans would start taking off towards you and then just take off above your heads. And it's an amazing sound hearing all those wings and flapping. So you just hold the story of what you were saying, let this magic moment happen, and they'd be gone, everybody, you and Anne in the boat. 
and uh, they'd often come in and land or the sun would suddenly break out or it would start to rain, get a bit windy and choppy and everybody get a bit nervous. <laughs> so it was a fantastic thing to play off. Yeah, it was a great old gig. The reason I like working with teenagers and writing for teenagers is that energy. Ones that come to drama are there for a particular reason. They may not know what they want in life, but drama gives them a bit of a freedom to explore certain pathways. As regards the teenagers, one thing I think they have is they're not careful in the best possible way. Their excitement is so exciting. And uh, I love witnessing it, especially when it works. The Carpet Clown is such an extraordinary piece because I find it such a healing story. There is so much pressure. Sometimes I was saying that the lines about the leave insert and I could feel the anxiety <laughs> like creep up my back. I could feel myself mm. having those arguments with my mother and my father with that question of what are you going to do for the rest of your life and who are you going to be? And then it's a beautiful story of bereavement and grief mm. and the process and that it's slow, that everybody can handle it the same way and, and that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> 